Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon. Welcome to Wax Poetic. I'm one of your co-hosts, Kevin Spenced. And I'm your other co-host today, Pamela Bentley. And our guest is Jeffrey Nielsen. Hi there. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So as we usually do, we have you start off with a poem because that's a really good way to introduce yourself is with your work. Dive, dive right into it. I'm going to start with a poem from my chapbook called We Have to Watch, uh, which was came out last year on a small press from Toronto uh, by the name of the Quilliad. I like that you say on, like it's on a record label. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, This is called We're in This Together. Dissonance was the family business. They paid him pleasure, just enough power to float his head above water, checks like Paxil, title like a buoy, a life preserver. It was a partnership of industrial alchemy, everyone in gold chains yet barely able to speak, conversation sucked away by quarterly financials, weekend meetings, serving liquor and roast chicken. All friction, interaction physics, ghosts in the aisles and blood on the windows. The gist of it, too many heretics in one cave. Too many threats, too many picture frames tossed for emphasis, dense in the wall and archipelago of marks. He heard his mother concave over the paper shredder with past audits, laughing at her own jokes. He smashed a shipping crate with a four-pound sledge. In the office, his father drained two desperate vendors, percentage extortion on a seasonal booking. Cold calls went extreme to close a deal. Post-negotiation, pre-exaltation, greed and sinew stretched quiet. He boiled over, never user-friendly, tidal accessibility and prone to algae bloom, floodplain and liable to stay that way. His sister documented the episode digitally, her camera litigious and collecting evidence for the family lawyer. What model postmodern citizens, eco-friendly, egocentric, educated community servants, mansion in the mountains and a hybrid SUV. But there was no joy, only debt in the middle of one mean losing streak. He pinned his skin to the corkboard beside a quote from Thoreau about good behavior, and walked out under the corrugated eaves of the warehouse. They were in it together, a demographic fusion almost nuclear, but short that half-sibling, a decimal maybe all the difference. Wow, that's awesome. That I feel like now I don't need to read a novel. Like I just got the condensed story of this twisted capitalist family 
And it, well, that's what I Yeah, I, I was thinking it was like a pilot to a <laughs> TV show. Well, the interesting thing about this series of poems that I wrote in We Have to Watch was they were um, uh, ekphrastic poems uh, inspired by the photographs of Gregory Crudson, an American artist. And he, uh, like the Vancouver uh, conceptual photographers, uses really large-scale film set-style uh, staged mm-hmm. um, photographs to make his art. And uh, I saw this book, and when you, when you look at the photographs in a sequence, there's 30 or so. Um, one of the sequences he made was called Twilight, and one was called uh, Beneath the Roses. And when you look at them all in, together, you start to see these narratives. Um, mm-hmm. Different photographs have reminiscent images, and they start to play off each other, and you start to see maybe something that might be the same person in in one or more uh, photographs. And so I started to imagine these narratives um, coming out in the poems. Um, and it was interesting to me to play with the tension between real and uh, and unreal, how these photographs are staged and they subvert the idea of the photograph as a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to try to do that with a poem. There's so much involvement in lyric poetry with truth and emotional realism uh what can i do to tell a story that's completely false and still be real and beautiful mm-hmm. and condensed to such beautiful language each word really carries a lot of weight throughout that i found yeah i love the camera litigious mm-hmm. and dissonance and in the family running in the family dissonance in the family business or was the, yeah the family business and then the um what was the other one that he pinned his skin to the cork board? And I was just like, whoa. And then he walked out. I was like, whoa, wait, how does that happen? Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and what what era are those photos from? Are those contemporary? Uh, yeah. The, um, the first series uh, was um, released in 1999. And then the second one, Beneath the Roses, was in 2004. Uh, and that was kind of the end of his stage of uh, the large kind of uh, staged photographs. Mm-hmm. How do you spell his last name so that people can uh, look it up? Crudson is C R E W D S O N. Okay, just like it sounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you said this was from a book that was on. Can you say? Can you tell us a little bit more about the book? Uh, the the um, the chapbook that I released was all just a series of these, uh, inspired by uh, the photographs, poems, uh, and. Uh, it uh, it's uh, sold out right away. I don't have any more copies, uh, and uh, I was surprised by its uh, reception. I guess uh, people were kind of uh, asking me about it, and and uh, I hadn't uh, had that before. So, nice. uh, and Jeff, I think what Pam's asking is, can you share any gossip? About no. the pub, the the chapbook press. Maybe I'm joking. That's what, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I, I was actually just curious when it came out. Like, it's, uh, congratulations yeah. that it sold out. I mean, it, it did. It came out in uh, last spring, so uh, spring of 2016. I had w- submitted to a call uh, for a chapbook contest and uh, was accepted as the winner. And it came out pretty quickly after that. And uh, they did a launch, and I wanted to go but obviously limited funds what you know. kind of launch was it uh just a little small uh, poetry launch in toronto and uh i was i still have made plans to go and do a reading out there but i haven't haven't done it yet um so that is some gossip like so that that how that ended up happening and um 
that they did the launch without you. There you go. So does that satisfy you, or did you want more? Kevin? I, I, the same thing happened with my today. I'm not usually like this, oh, but okay. I just I really the I, same thing happened with my newest chapbook. Though it was just released in uh, by a, a different press, uh, oh. Swimmers Group. And they did the launch without me also. <laughs> oh, you need to work on this. You need to get a GoFundMe going or something Yeah, like just that. get people to pay for my flights to Toronto all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say they must have done a very good job promoting it if, if, if it sold out and did that well right away. Mm-hmm. So it's good they did well by you. And that, that is the part of the gossip that yeah. I was thinking of. <laughs> I like hearing about um, presses that treat authors well. and mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had... Pretty good experiences with uh, with both of the presses that mm-hmm. that I've dealt with. They've been um, kind editors and you know pointed in their suggestions, which I love. Um, I love when an editor is not afraid to say I don't like this or you should oh. try this here. Or um, I want that. I, I really want uh, uh, a good and you know strong editor to give me suggestions. Mm. I think it adds a new layer to things that I've been spending. Uh, countless hours mm-hmm. looking at. Mm-hmm. They probably like you too, then, because you like that, right? <laughs> to not Some fight people, back and, yeah. and refuse mm-hmm. and things like that. I, I think I learned a lot from my years in playing music and how to deal with uh, working with other people and the collaboration process. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would have been able to be so receptive mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe when I was twenty-one. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever thought of um, what the perfect press would be or what you would make? Like, have you ever toyed with the idea of I starting a press? I thought, I mean, I tried to start a record label when I was younger and it was just like a big mess because I was really disorganized (laughs) trying to be in a band and run a record label at the same time. Uh, And I never really thought that way when I started writing again, seriously, um, about uh, six years ago. So now you say again, what what happened in between? I wrote a lot uh, when I was in my late teens and early 20s and then uh, got involved in music more. And so I decided to stop putting a lot of effort into writing and just play music. Uh, and then in about 2011, I uh, went back to school uh, to change my career and uh, thought I was going to do one thing, but ended up in creative writing classes uh, and realized that I still had a huge passion for it. Mm. And I uh, was encouraged by some really wonderful uh, mentors, um, Aslan Hunter and Bill A. Nickerson. And they um, they supported me and and pushed me and uh, challenged me most uh, mm-hmm. most definitely to to kind of work to where I am now. That's great. A good shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, what what instrument did you play? And what kind of music? I played in a uh, kind of alt country band uh, first, and I played guitar and harmonica, and then I played in a kind of like a alt rock Coldplay-ish Radiohead kind of band, and I played uh, keyboards and guitar in that. And did you write lyrics? Uh, in the first band, yeah, and the second one, I didn't do anything. I just played instruments <laughs> I sang the melodies that people gave me <laughs> does that still affect your writing do you think the music yeah, yeah definitely music's such a huge part of um just who i am as a person outside of any art creation there's always like some soundtrack mm. whether i'm working or or cleaning or uh, mm-hmm. just everything is involved in sound so you write to soundtracks i'm sorry i keep cutting off yeah. um i i love how multi-modality do you are in terms of your writing so um certainly there's the poem that we just heard that amazing poem in response to photography and then i know you did a series of moog poems or the yeah poems about yeah the about the analog synthesizer the <laughs> yeah. the moog synthesizer that was my first self-published <laughs> chapbook that i yeah. did yeah. So, in, so there's poetry in response to music and the history of music, and then you've also made um, concrete 
poetry, visual poetry. There was a great um, poem that you made for the um, Video Poem Festival, right? Mm, you made yeah. something that was... Yeah, the Headache Summer, the video poem yeah. that I made for that. Yeah. Uh, I have a tough time um, just doing one thing. Um, maybe it's it's my Gemini nature, uh, or maybe it's just that I get bored easily. But same way, I'm just I am always doing different things. Um, even with listening to music, I'll listen to classical one day, and then I'll listen to punk rock the next day, and then I'll listen to you know folk music uh, on day three, and I don't see a clash. It's all just good music, you know. Right. And I think I'm when I discovered the the idea of border blur. Uh, and how things can interact, uh, how a visual poem doesn't have to just be a visual poem. It can, it can incorporate other things. And, and a lyric poem doesn't have to be just a lyric poem. You can bring in found text or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, quotation or mm-hmm. whatever you want to do. It's okay, you know, and just, just do it all at the same time. Well, that's a very good lead into another poem. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll start with something that uses some found text then. Okay. This is from my newest chapbook that just was released um, by Swimmers Group in Toronto. It's called O. And uh, I'm just going to read maybe two or three short poems. And these were all inspired by an art exhibit at the New New Westminster New Media Gallery called Space. French satellites damaged by rocket debris. Defunct. Soviet experiments destroyed American communication. China used a missile to vanquish old weather. More trackable junk in the inventory. More than 20,000 pieces larger than a softball. Human-made and rising population. Long-standing set, part of a larger body. Non-functional. Abandoned. How we deal with potential. Orbital Debris increases the tracking highly accurate. Sensors the size of a marble. Danger sufficient to warrant an imaginary box that extends like a 30-mile cantilever with a lifeboat at the center. Our connection to the cosmos. Our trash somewhere where no one will be forced to look at it. In the ocean, on some plot at the outskirts of Cash Creek, in orbit, spherical wall of burned-out rockets, mechanical parts, collisions with no half-life, in sync with my own remnant, how I leave a trace everywhere I go, wire link and colloquial networked to what's left behind, the touch of connection, what history I have before me. Voyager 1 in deep space, Lump of tech at velocity, distance and obsolete, clicking up hundreds of kilometers per second in concert with a levitation of debt. Purple bright in the void, an immense spatial relationship. In the mat hollow, arms outstretched for something to hold on to. Nothing in reach, not even a bench to trip on. Color space, a mood for the room shifting in triangulation with the interstellar. I am reaching out for Voyager. Give me something to hold that is not my grief. O blade of pure-grade stainless steel, O aluminum casing, 
Show me the bond you have with the world. Show me the bands of data in your cache files rather than the fibers of your chemistry. I want to have your tensile strength, your commitment to support, dedicated honesty to material form. I am the twisted branch in the tongs of the machine and still face the sky at our past, the dust of billions of atomic explosions, a quiver like a twig in the late summer wind off the river and up the hill toward the high plateau. We're all busy doing other things. Our guest today is Jeffrey Nilsson on Wax Poetic on Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM CFRO. Those were how many poems? Five? There was four shorter poems in a sequence of 17, I think. Oh. Yeah, 17. And that those are all in the new chat book. Yeah. And new. where can people get that? Uh, they can go to uh, swimmersgroup.com and they should be up uh, available for sale. Cool. Yeah, those were wild. Yeah. They really kind of spanned the globe and kind of owed to the detritus kind of floating mm-hmm. around in the atmosphere and kind of our I kind of picked a section that. that talked about um that specific sort of connection to our uh connection to our garbage um mm-hmm. the things that uh that we leave behind uh that are noticed by others mm-hmm. uh and uh there's other parts of the poem that deal with uh a more uh, close um lyric uh vastness in comparison to space, uh, and it kind of moves around. And I, I tried to write short bits so that you could get like a uh, a kind of accumulation of image, and and by the end you kind of link things together on your own rather than writing one big long mm-hmm. screed to instruct uh, yeah. or kind of declare. I hope somebody from the planetarium is listening right now because wouldn't it be great to hear that read while you were looking? Up oh yeah, the- for sure. Whatever crap there is in the atmosphere. I love the thing about uh, something else to hold other than just my grief. I know that sits a little bit um, sparer in the poem, but that mm. that concept or idea. And that last poem, every almost every single line had something that landed. Mm. And you said that those were found text. Uh, there's or found, built around. Yeah, found, built around found text from uh, a bunch of sources, uh, from the NASA website and from... Song lyrics by Bob Dylan, and from there's some Star Trek references. Uh, uh, just um, pulling from everywhere. Uh, I was inspired by this uh, art exhibit, uh, and th- even the exhibit itself was kind of uh, uh, it was making connections outside of itself. So there was one video installation that was talking about the uh, uh, a place called Space City in in Russia, which is like a training ground for the cosmonauts, and the only thing that's in the town is the the facilities and the and the people to support the training of these uh, astronauts, mm. basically. And so the uh, the city hasn't been really updated since the sixties and seventies, so it's really old, and it's all the old space suits. Sounds like and, Los Alamos. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of disturbing in a way. Um, because you have this this old archaic technology, but it's still uh, at this leading edge of uh, where we're trying to be as humans. Right. Mm-hmm. So how the past is still our present and maybe even our future. Mm. Have you been there? I haven't, no. You just read about it? Uh, the, the video installation has images. So, oh, okay. Um, so it's... Uh, 
it's like a, it was like a four screen projection and all showing different images of the training facility and, and the town and the people that live there. Is the exhibit still up? Uh, no, no, it's not. It was, uh, last year. Right. Mm -hmm. I think you might be able to, uh, to see some of this stuff still online some pictures from uh, from the exhibit. Go look the, at it and read your poetry yeah, at the same time, or listen to it on the show. There you go. <laughs> That's right. New Media Gallery in New yeah, West. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. The gallery is. Uh, Kevin just did a, a reading during New West Lit Fest, um, and they are super uh, uh, open to poets and artists and writers coming in and and doing kind of collaborative projects. Uh, yeah, there was a dance performance two weeks ago uh, at the end of their last exhibit, Brink. And uh, they had a dancer come in and perform in response to this couch that was floating on one leg. It had gyroscopes in it. Oh. And it was so, it was eerie and uncanny to be standing next to this hovering kind of object, uh, a couch. Yeah, this amazing couch on one leg. Looked like it was about to fall on you at any moment. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. So it's a creative place. And you live in New Westminster. I do, yeah. Just up the hill from the gallery. So I can just walk down right in. Chapbooks await. <laughs> a chapbook for every street. Give, you know, yeah. So you're going to have to start giving them credit for your, like, <laughs> be the, the new media space. Uh... Representative. Yeah. <laughs> By all means, I'll do it. <laughs> I find it difficult to work, walk, uh, to write to art, but it seems like that's something that you what? gravitate to. Yeah. What, what, what is it about, uh, about the experience that doesn't kind of jive with you? Um, because, you know, there's a lot of the writing to art that, we get invited to as poets and I finally just said you need to stop inviting me because I'm not very good at this and you know knowing my own strengths it's because if it hits me if it lands in a way that is very personal then I'm not going to write anything that's really going to work for anybody else and if the if to me if the art has said what it's going to say I don't need to add anything to that Mm -hmm. so I would end up writing usually more about the process of people writing to it mm. <laughs> like watching like if i went while well, on the day that we were presenting that uh-huh. i could write something right then that oh. captured sort of tried to capture that moment cool process Cause it, yeah because you know my poems are they're not they're not as technical as this they tend to be about moments in time where i'm trying to capture a moment or what, how something affects you or whatever and I, yeah, I just decided, oh, you know, it's like if it's good and it works for me, there's nothing more to say about it. It's like, yeah, I like that. That's not a poem. <laughs> so, yeah, and then I would only get, I would do the effort and I would only get, I think maybe once I've got a poem that I ever read again out loud that I ever included in anything. So I would put in that effort and I would feel like I wasn't really getting anything that was sus- sustainable in my work or that was... But yeah, I mean, it clearly is the opposite for you. Yeah, I I was really inspired by uh, experiencing uh, the poems of Anne Simpson. Uh, she has a series called Seven Paintings by Bruegel, mm-hmm. which uh, takes the paintings by the Dutch master and then uh, mixes that with a um, series of poems that is about um, the year in New York after 9-11, where they were clearing away the uh the site and moving all of the um the damaged product to staten island and going Mm. through it all and and so it's um it's a a series of modern poems but it's it's kind of got this flavor of of bruegel in the background where Mm. you can kind of connect images so the poems themselves aren't really about the paintings so much as they are about 9 11 
but they're um, they're connected in a way. And I've I've tried to do that in in some of the uh, the work that I do that's responding to art. Oh, that's um, cool. To try not to to just be like Keats and talk about the the thing exactly right, and, and try to do something a little bit more um, you know broad. Well, that's a really good tip. Oh, mm-hmm. we're just doing a little writing workshop here. <laughs> um, that's all right. I took a writing workshop with Jeff. Oh, did you? Uh, and what did ago. you learn? It changed my life. Oh, and that's why you're here. <laughs> Learning how to use found text. <laughs> well, I've known Jeff for quite a few years now. He was, uh, I think we did the poetry crawl together mm-hmm. three years ago. Mm-hmm. That might have been the first um, kind of t- thing that we did together. So I organized a poetry crawl through our galleries. Yeah, in, um, I remember that. April of some years back with, with Jeff, we read at Art, Hot Art, Wet City. Yeah, yeah. And that was the one that you read at. And it was great. It blew me away. It was, it was awesome. So, yeah, three years ago, I think. Time moves fast. It seems like, uh, seems like just yesterday, and now yeah. it's... Well, speaking of which, it seems you, like you 20- have two two books out, and maybe at least another five chapbooks by now. <laughs> and it's twenty six minutes since we started our intro, Whoa. so we need to we need to read another poem before we run out of time. One last one. Yeah, uh, this is a totally different kind of thing. Uh, this is a fairly old poem. I started experimenting with uh, love poems as conversations rather than single sided, mm. uh, and. I thought it was original idea, but then I find out like three years, four years later that it actually is from uh, Gertrude Stein. Uh, her long poem, Lifting Belly, uh, has this uh, conversation element. Book. And mm-hmm. and uh, it is just so, this such a strange thing when you have no attribution to the voices and they start to blend together. Uh, and it's something that I really am captivated by, so... I've tried to do this a few times, but this is the first one uh, that I've written like this. And it's called Paraphrases from a Public Whiteboard. You probably smell good. You got it figured out. Your cursive is perfect. You have a lovely reading voice. You are filled with the pleasure. You remind me of an otter eating urchins off her belly. Please save me from smothering. Your syntax betrays signification. You make my knees wet. You stretch the vowels of my name until they brush consonants. With each passing moment I am, your brain is showing. You're desperate and I smell it. You know everything is true. You'll be thankful we're two. I can't trust anyone. You look better in curls than unfurled at the shoulders with a flat iron. Your cracks are felt, not shown. You took two years to open your mouth, and now it won't shut. Your prepositions need trimming. You praise the conjunctions as long as they knit the seam of language. I don't care who knows it. You're better than blank. You speak, I'll play the xylophone. You are drawn in like a moth. What makes you think you're the one? Take the makeup off your eyes. I've got to see you. Oh, my God. That's awesome. I think we're going to hear a lot of love poems from this Wednesday afternoon onwards. People are going to be inspired. That was so awesome. Like, it was just well, no, I was thinking the, that. The, the play of ideas, words, humor, ideas. Your brain is showing. Make my knees wet. Like, it's just so lovely and playful. And that, I think that's gorgeous. what a love poem should be. Uh, mm-hmm. It should be playful. It should be energized uh 
yeah, it should have a lot of life. Yeah, it shouldn't be so serious. I I think being in love is finding somebody just to play with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and enjoy oh, life and yeah. share joy and yeah. Yeah. Well, we're all we've got life nice lessons smiles. here on got, yeah, Wax we, Poetic. We got nice smiles on our faces. That's a good. Maybe the the listeners can hear that, and that's a good place to end. We'll just say a little bit about some uh, events. On Friday, May twelfth at eight p.m., it's the open mic at the Christian's Lyceum. Uh, that is at 3696 West 8th Avenue. It's really just Alma and, and close to 9th, so uh, just one block down. And also on May 12th, Friday night, is... Uh, tonic at the Paper Hound. And, um, yeah, Emily Nilsson from Nelson <laughs> will be reading. And uh, Raul Fernandez is hosting. Melanie Siebert is going to be reading. And uh, Laura... Matkovich. Matkovich. No, Mat- Matvichuk. Matvichuk will be reading as well. <laughs> you can go and get her name uh, Yeah, that's correct. right. I was doing it um, phonetically from what Jeffrey said, so <laughs> probably not right. And if you're, uh, if you're wondering if uh, it's going to be a good choice for that, uh, you can always buy some books. It's an amazing place yeah. for books. The yeah, best yeah. poetry shelf probably in the city. It's well, where Woody Harrelson goes. Before yeah, and signs and, books. And signs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and t- uh, it's also where Patti Smith goes when she's in Vancouver. Oh, nice. Um, Tonic uh, is run by Adele Barclay and Kayla Zaga and has yeah. been going for about a year now, I think. Yeah. And um, Dead Poets also on Sunday is at 3 o'clock at the VPL Alice McKay room downstairs. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Nelson, yeah. for being our guest Thanks today. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me. It's been wonderful. I'm Pam Bentley. I'm Kevin Spence. No apologies necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what? So what? So what? So what?